Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels. I am Leighton Schlanger, and what are we going to focus on today? Um, let's focus on not ourselves. Whoa, that, that, you see, and that's, that's a problem, bro, because I like focusing on myself. I don't know how to focus on anyone except for myself. Um... This is why I only appear twice a week to do this podcast with you, because I am so obsessed with myself, I can only exist if it is being recorded, uh, because that's in my contract. <laughs> your your contract? You're getting paid for that contract? No, of course not. None of, our, none of our episode sponsors pay us. You keep reminding me of this. Regardless, this is the one week where I really do not want us to talk about us. It was a rough weekend, not going to lie. It really it really was from a fantasy standpoint, my friends. Um but hey, that that's uh that's how it goes, you know? Fantasy football is a game of luck. Uh we put as much skill as we can into it. We make the right decisions. We do what we can, but when Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas both go down with injuries in the same week very suddenly, Cam Akers gets injured in the game, and Austin Eckler gets vultured by both Justin Herbert and and Kalen Balaj. Um, even with David Montgomery on your team, there's not a whole lot you can do. There really isn't. And when you lose by 0.4 points in a league, in a 2QB, 2-flex league, that is just massive and an insane number of points are scored, and you lose by 0.4 points... When the San Francisco defense gets negative five. I thought we weren't going to talk about us. No, 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 no. We're done. We are done. We are absolutely done. Bad luck strikes, my friends. Um, I hope that you all are entering your uh, your finals. Um, that's it. Week 16 is around the corner. We have wrapped up week 15 with the Monday night game, which we'll do a brief recap of. Um, but... The good news and the thing that I can take away from this is there are at least two listeners of my podcast, two very, very loyal listeners, who are, in fact, in their championships. And I think I think we've done a lot this season to help all of these people, um, all of our listeners, but especially the ones that are in the championships. Um, I think we did a lot to help them. Uh, get on their way and get one step closer to winning their leagues. And with that, I think we should talk some football. I couldn't agree more. Let's get off of ourselves and let's get on to the terrible, terrible Steelers. Because no matter how bad we were, at least we're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you can you save it for two seconds? We need to hit that drop first. Forget that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. So this, my friends, was a wild, wild game for a, for a few reasons. And it was really confusing from a fantasy standpoint. Um, because the Cincinnati Bengals put up 27 points. Hey, that's amazing. You put up 27 points. You beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Must have had a great fantasy day. Problem is... <laughs> They only put up 230 total yards. That's right. Pittsburgh actually outgained them in this game. Uh, like, the, what what the Bengals won on was three turnovers that gave them amazing field, pos- uh, field position. They only drove all the way down the field, I think, one time for a touchdown. 
Like, they were gifted amazing field position by the Pittsburgh Steelers on multiple, multiple occasions. So, really, from a fantasy standpoint, none of the receivers did much. Uh, T. Higgins tried his best to do something, but uh, he 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 got, you know, six targets. That's good, but he only got three receptions for 31 yards. That's 6.1 fantasy points. That's nothing. A.J. Green got three targets. He was second on the team in targets. He got six fantasy points. Tyler Boyd, unfortunately, got injured on his one target. So if you were banking on him, which I hope you weren't, Cincinnati Bengals against the Steelers, and if you were in the, the, the playoffs, that uh, that would not be good if you were banking on Tyler Boyd. But he, he put up a goose egg. We'll talk about how injuries are terrible this time. We already talked about how injuries are terrible. That is going to be a theme of this week. The only thing you do have at least for the Cincinnati Bengals, is you have Giovanni Bernard. Who would have thought that Giovanni Bernard would come out of nowhere and win you your first round of the playoffs? Because, frankly, I honestly don't think that a whole lot of people were starting Giovanni Bernard. Um, If I look at ESPN and check out their percent start, 16% 16% of, uh, of, of people, of players on ESPN started Giovanni Bernard, which isn't, you know, 16% of leagues had him started. That's pretty low for the guy who was going to be a starting running back. And that makes sense because, and that, that doesn't even tell us how many of those 16% of teams were actually playing for something valuable. Because if you were relying on Giovanni Bernard, you might not have actually been playing for very much valuable. But hey, if you started Giovanni Bernard, that's not so bad. And guess what? He uh he gets the Texans next week. Uh, do you want to talk about that? I um actually yes maybe. Um, we're gonna have to see if Joe Mixon is uh, is gonna come back. He is certainly eligible to return. But if he's not, I love Giovanni Bernard next week. Uh, even if it's in your champ- championship game with everything on the line, uh, clearly Giovanni Bernard is the weapon that Ryan Finley is going to want to use. Uh, Ryan Finley, who, like, again, speaking of weird phenomenons, he threw for fewer than 100 yards. He actually threw for only 89 yards. Um, he did throw for a touchdown, and he also scored a touchdown with his feet. Um, with his feet. I always say with his feet, never with his legs. Like, why am I the weird one that says that? I don't know. You're the weird one for everything. And you like, you like talking about quarterback's feet, which is a little strange, you know, for a guy obsessed with quarterback's feet. I'm not obsessed with quarterback's feet. Um, I'm just saying that Ryan Finley, while he did not do much, uh, they fed Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard had 25 carries in addition to his one target. Only one target, though. Really, really strange, interesting game uh, because of the turnovers. But that's really it for Cincinnati Bengals. If Joe Mixon is active, you're starting him against the Texans, right? I think we might have to circle back to this on Thursday when we have more information. I don't think Joe Mixon is coming back. So I think Giovanni Bernard is the guy, and I think you start him against the Texans if he is, in fact, the guy. As far as the Steelers go, 
we, again, um, well, we have two guys to talk about, but this was a strange game. We're talking about strange games for, for the Bengals, strange game in general, because the Bengals were able to beat the 11-2 and Pittsburgh Steelers. The 11-2 and Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, which might be the worst team in NFL history to go 11-0. and They are absolutely terrible. They look like garbage on offense. Their defense couldn't stop the Cincinnati Bengals. Granted, they weren't helped by all the turnovers from the offense, but Steel Curtain, where are you at? Like, insane how how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers looked in this game, uh, except for Benny Snell and Deontay Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Benny Snell actually gets you 18.7 fantasy points in this game. And when you found out that James Conner was inactive, I hope you went and you picked up Snell. Uh, but I don't know if you were starting him because he's failed us in the past when we've started him, uh, when he's been replacing James Conner. So, but again, the matchup with the Bengals was too sweet, so I really hope you did start him if you were a James Conner owner and you happened to get Benny Snell. Deontay Johnson, 19.9 fantasy points, almost getting to that 20-point threshold. Um, Deontay Johnson, I was watching him like a hawk at the end because in that, in that league that I lost by 0.4 points, um, I thought we weren't going to talk about ourselves. No, but this is important. This is relevant to a play that we were talking about. I lost by 0.4 points, and I was watching... I was watching a comeback that I did not expect to happen, and it still didn't happen uh, because Ben Roethlisberger could not throw the ball for crap in those last two drives. Um, Deontay Johnson couldn't get one more reception. 13 targets, though. And I've been saying this even, even with the Chase Claypool breakout earlier in the season. I have been saying Deontay Johnson is the most reliable wide receiver, more than Juju, more than Chase Claypool. Um, despite the drops, he was getting the targets. He's always been getting the targets. He is, he is the best route runner. Chase Claypool is more of a deep threat. And and Deontay Johnson just makes, he gets open so easily. And Ben Roethlisberger loves him, and that's all you need to succeed in this offense. Unfortunately for uh, the high floor receivers that we've been, we've been touting over and over again, week by week, uh, Chase Claypool gets you 8.4 fantasy points. Juju Smith-Schuster gets you 4.5, like rough, rough outings for both of those guys. Um, our usual high floor options catching passes from Ben Roethlisberger were not so high floor. And Ben Roethlisberger, of course, was terrible. Um, but we're done. We're done. That is that is it for our Monday night recap. It was more of a fun NFL football game to watch, watching the Cincinnati Bengals, the two 10-1 Cincinnati Bengals take down the 11-2 Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and potentially screw up the Pittsburgh Steelers' high seeding in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, we're going to move on to recapping our rumbles and tumbles. Uh, you mind if I start this one? Yeah, no, please. I don't, I don't, we can just skip all of my, we can skip every single pick that I made on Friday because... In addition to it being a rough weekend for our fantasy teams, my picks this weekend were not good. They were hashtag all of my picks were tumbles. That's that's what it was. Well, we can't we can't win them all, and we try to go bold on our on our podcast. And you know sometimes sometimes they don't make it. Jonathan Taylor was my rumble. I told you, I told you, and honestly, nineteen point five fantasy points. You're thinking, hey, Leighton, that's not so bad. I am disappointed. I said he was going to be uh, potentially a top five scorer this week, and I meant it, and I was really expecting more. Um, 
I'll tell you, in general, whenever we're talking about these rumbles, because we are talking about guys that are already generally ranked in the top 20, these are guys who I am saying will get you 20 fantasy points, and Jonathan Taylor missed that by 0.5 points, but that's that's enough. I, I was expecting Jonathan Taylor to top 25 fantasy points. Now, granted, if you, uh, it, especially against a Texans team that's been giving up 28 fantasy points to running back uh, consistently every single game, at least over the past five games, I think it was. Well, they broke their streak because uh, between Naheem Hines getting 7.5 points and Jonathan Taylor's 19.5, the Texans only gave up 27 fantasy points to uh, to, to the uh, to running backs this week. So congratulations to the Houston Texans on uh, getting that tiny bit better in defending fantasy runs. Um, but doesn't matter because I'm going to be a Texans fan here for a second and just say like... What a disappointing day for Houston Texans fans uh, to watch the Texans give away another win to the Colts by fumbling the ball inside the five-yard line while set up to win the game within the final minute. Like, where, where's our stats? Stats! Stats! Where's our stats team? I want to get our stats team in here. We, we don't have a stats team, bro. We haven't had a stats team. These are things that you would have to look up. I don't have the resources to look this up. How... I want to know the last time a team fumbled their win away within five yards of the end zone in the final minute of a football game twice against the same team in the same season. That just, I I would not be surprised if this was the very first time in NFL history that that happened because that was just such an anomaly and it has nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor getting a disappointing 19.5 fantasy points. Um, I'm sorry. I am still considering that a lost call even though he did get you a decent fantasy day. Who do you want to start? (laughs) Which of your terrible picks do you want to start off with? Well, I might as well go in order. James Robinson uh, only got you 14.3 fantasy points. Like, he scored a touchdown, and thank goodness he did, because otherwise he would have been stuck um, with with single digits there. He only had three receptions. I tried to tell you, man. I told you that the Baltimore defense was, despite their struggles, particularly against the Browns, the Baltimore defense is good. And this is, this is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They don't have as good enough an offensive line as the Cleveland Browns did. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But... I was still expecting better things from James Robinson. He averaged only 2.2 yards per carry uh, after Chubb and Hunt averaged uh, 5.2 yards per carry against the same defense. I just, I expected him to be more involved in the passing game. I expected him to do better than 2.2 yards per carry, but he didn't. So it was a, it was a bad one. It was a bad call by me. James Robinson, um, is, is he might be watching his, uh, his fantasy award, his end-of-season award slip away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to see how Week 16 turns out. Obviously, Week 16, very important for our fantasy football awards that we will dish out next week. I said that J.D. McKissick would have a better fantasy day than, J- than James Robinson. I said this last week. I said this word for word. Yeah, but then you kind of walked back on it. No, but I did not completely walk back on it. I said at least, maybe, it was at least something to consider. And J.D. McKissick gets 25.7 fantasy points. There it is. There's my rumble call. It might not have worked out necessarily with Jonathan Taylor, but J.D. McKissick... Not only did he exceed his projections, he exceeded my own expectations because he carried the ball 13 times 
J- uh, Peyton Barber, who I expected, who I even said last week, he, he would probably be the primary ball carrier. Peyton Barber only carried the ball four times, which means J.D. McKissick not only took over completely as the pass-catching back, which, of course, he caught ten, nine of his ten targets. Dude was third on the team in targets with ten targets. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we knew J.D. McKissick would do, and we knew he would probably get in the end zone. But, man, I did not expect him to get 13 carries. And for 51 yards, too. Like, he he averaged 3.9 yards per carry, which is pretty good, especially for a third down back. It's like Giovanni Bernard and J.D. McKissick this week. They were, they were out here to prove that little guys can also be primary ball carriers. Um, I, I love it. I've been, I've been on the J.D. McKissick train almost as long as I've been on the David Montgomery train. Or didn't I start the J.D. McKissick train? No, no, no. No, I was on the Antonio Gibson train. That's right. That is right. You were on the Antonio Gibson train. Um, and I was on the J.D. McKissick train. Uh, honestly, guys, y'all, honestly, y'all, moving ahead, I if you were planning on relying on Cam Akers or Clyde Edwards-Alaire in your final and J.D. McKissick either A, happens to be available on waivers, which is probably not going to happen, or B, you happen to have him on your bench and you picked him up like I said you should, I would be 100% comfortable starting J.D. McKissick in that starting spot next week against the Panthers, even in your championships. Like, I know you start your studs in championships, but at this point, J.D. is J.D. McKissick is a stud. He's a high floor, mid-ceiling. Uh, I do think something like 25.7 is his ceiling, but that's that's not a bad ceiling. And uh, and he might be a top, tw- uh, top 15 option against the Panthers next week. Now, I... I don't usually like cutting you slack, Schlanger. Well, uh, I don't expect you to cut me slack because I don't want your pity, bro. Well, <laughs> I I do want to cut you a little bit of slack for this next call because he got he got injured in the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I was I was wrong. Okay, like uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire only got nine point three fantasy points. He was not running very well even before he got injured. Now. The one thing you can say is if you add Le'Veon Bell's 14.6 fantasy points to Clyde Edwards-Alaire's 9.3, you get the 23.9, and that surpasses the 20-point threshold that we go for for the for the Rumbles. <laughs> yeah, yes, but that is also not how it works. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is involved in the offense even when Clyde Edwards-Alaire is healthy. So, I mean... It's impossible to say, and it's impossible to predict injuries. Like, and and it also happened kind of in your favor. Um, for oh, we'll 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 get to the tumbles. We'll get to the tumbles in a second. That is that is something. Um, you know, I I don't have very many good calls. Let me make my good calls. It, it, well, hold on, but I was that wasn't even a good call. If it, if an injury causes your call to be good or bad, that that's completely out of your hands because you know injuries are injuries they're completely out of out of out of our control um they're hard enough to predict before you know we're, we're moving on to tumbles anyway let's just get to it michael thomas you called him last week as a tumble uh this was before the saints put him on ir we were expecting him to play uh we know that he had missed a couple of practices but he's done this before where he doesn't practice and then plays in the game uh we were also expecting Taysom Hill uh to play because Drew Brees was only a few weeks out of his many many fractured ribs and punctured lungs so there was a lot that happened with the New Orleans Saints that we did not expect to happen um 
So your tumble call saying that Michael Thomas would tumble technically wasn't wrong. I'm going to take a victory on that. I'm going to take a V um, because I did even mention um, whenever I was talking about him as a tumble that his injury would affect his play and it affected his play by causing him to not play. So I'm going to take a win on that. Um, but uh, but you know what? <laughs> I replaced him with Brandon Cooks on uh, on our team in the, in our starting roster, and Brandon Cooks did the tumbling for us against the Colts. So um, you know, bad choices all around. You had a tumble. I did, in fact, and I was unfortunately right about this one. It was Cam Akers. Um, you know, last week I hit on all my rumbles and I could not get a tumble to save my life. And here we go. I finally got a tumble. Uh, and, and I was, this is what I was worried about. The Jets came to play and Cam Akers couldn't get anything going. Uh, yes, he did get injured, but I cannot use that as a cop-out if I'm not going to let Schlanger off the hook for that one. Um, he only missed one series with the ankle injury, and then he played the rest of the game. He ended up with 16 touches. That's a full workload, including three targets. He should have gotten a touchdown. He he had a touchdown that got called back for a holding call. So you should not get credit for this uh, for this tumble. That, hold on, no, I should absolutely still get credit because that happens in game again every single every single time we say, well, if this would have happened, then it's usually not something crazy. Touchdown runs get called back all the time for holding calls, um, and. Cam Akers just happens to be unlucky enough that, honestly, that wouldn't have made the difference in our week anyway. Um, but I do I do need to own up to a tumble that I, um, I am so, so glad I missed on this one. Um, because I love David Montgomery. I love him. I've been talking him up since he was struggling in the middle of the season. Uh, as soon as Tariq Cohen went down, and I knew that this was David Montgomery's backfield, and I looked at his at his schedule down the stretch after the bye. I was I, I this is it was my second best call of the year, and I will stand by this. Justin Jefferson as my preseason favorite uh, was hands down my best call of the season. But David Montgomery trying to get y'all to trade for him. Remember, I got I traded Carlos Hyde after after uh, after Chris Carson went down with the injury. I traded Carlos Hyde for David Montgomery, like one of my favorite trades that I that I made this season. And and I I love that he actually managed to succeed against Minnesota, even though I did call him uh, for a tumble. And here's the thing. He led Chicago to victory this week against what was going to be a pretty tough opponent. And the Bears need to keep winning if they if they want to get a playoff spot in what is a very competitive NFC North and what is a very competitive top of the NFC. So I expect Montgomery to top 25 fantasy points again next week against the Jags. This would be the fifth week in a row for him to top 25 fantasy points. That is... That's like that's top five. That is that is what top five fantasy draft picks do. That's what you expect Alvin Kamara to do. That's what we expected Zeke to do. This is what David Montgomery is doing, and he might be uh, a fantasy superstar if the Bears can keep things together. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out because James Robinson might have some competition for the league winner award that James Robinson has been holding on to very strong throughout all of our check-ins throughout the season. 
you had you had one more tumble. You you did not you did not have a good week of uh, of rumble and tumble calls. I did not. Nick Chubb, uh, second week in a row that he ended up on our list, and second week in a row that he uh, that he pulled through for for your fantasy managers. Um, I did say I did say he might get double digit fantasy points. I was expecting him to be more in the 10, 11 range. He made it to fourteen point six, which isn't great. So I'm not saying it was a complete loss, but um, it would have been a, com- a a perfect call had he not gotten into the end zone on a one-yard rush in the fourth quarter to salvage his fantasy day, but I will I will concede reluctantly to what Samuel said. This is what Nick Chubb does. Nick Chubb punches the ball in from the one-yard line. He is very, very good at it, so it makes sense that he did it. He got you 14.6 fantasy points. I missed on the tumble call, but he certainly did not boom. Um, the thing is, next week, we just talked about the Cam Akers against the Jets, and now Nick Chubb has to go up against the Jets. Um, will he make our tumble column three weeks in a row? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I hate... We have each bet it, bet against Nick Chubb once over the past two weeks, and it pans... I mean, it was worse for me. You at least got close. Um... I don't know if we should bet against Nick Chubb again. We will see um, come Friday how we feel. And we have a very, very quick live read before we get to our waiver claims of the week. We are, in fact, just doing our recap of the rumbles and tumbles and our waiver claims. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's not a whole lot else going on with fantasy football. Um, Waiver claims are even going to be a little tight. Remember... Waiver claims are literally for the championship game or for if you are if you are playing for a a third a third place prize or if you are playing for not the worst in the league because as long as you have something to play for we are one he, we at Samuels versus Schlanger are 100% cool with you picking up and dropping players if you have nothing to play for if there is no punishment for last place if there is no reward for third place you should not be picking up and dropping players. Leave that and save that for the for the players still playing for something. And that includes uh well that maybe that excludes dynasty leagues and keeper leagues because you might be trying to to finagle your lineup for the future. Um so that's totally understandable. But again, that's having something to play for. Redraft leagues um without prizes, yeah, you got nothing to play for. Leave every leave all of the moves for players that are contending. And with that said, we have a live read. Um you're 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 doing really good at like hosting this one. Usually I'm the one that's moving things along and saying, "Are you sure you don't want to take over my job?" Well, then who would take over your job of being a complete buzzkill? <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I really really needed that after this weekend. So, live read. Um it's it's your turn. You should take this one. All right. Are you bummed about losing your fantasy league? Did you come up short after grinding through the end of the season to barely make the playoffs? Well, I have a great product for you. We here at Boozeweed think that 2020 has brought us new and innovative challenges that require new and innovative solutions. Challenges can't be innovative. Shut up, it's what the paper says. And one illicit substance isn't always enough to get you through the hard times. Boozeweed is crafted by science to help you forget your woes as you dip potato chips into cream cheese because, dude, you need to try this. It's amazing. 
The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off your first case of boozeweed. That's 20% off your first crossfade in a can. They come in cases. Boozeweed from the makers of Four Loco. <laughs> In a, in all honesty, friends, we, we we this is this is a comedy podcast. We do we do these things to be funny. Boozeweed is not a legal, uh, a real thing. Um, it is also not a legal thing. Um, so that little uh, that little slip up there was was actually correct. Um, but uh, we actually do not um support using substances to help you through this time. Um, you know, sometimes things get hard. Uh, that's that's um. I, I actually, I bring this up in part because uh, we, we did just receive the news around the country that John Mulaney uh, submitted himself for rehab for, for cocaine abuse and for alcohol abuse. And this is nothing to frown upon. I am very, very proud of him for, for taking that step. And it is never, ever too late to go get help and to reach out for help um, because people love you and, and people People, friends, whether that be friends, whether that be family, whether that be professionals, uh, particularly medical professionals and mental health professionals, they are all there to help you get through whatever times you're going through right now. Um, and in the long run, it's fantasy football. We we made a fake game <laughs> that from a from a real game about people running at each other and trying to catch an oblong ball. So. There are much more important things in life. And with that, we're moving on to our waiver claims because we still have some people fighting for those championships. I'm going to kick off the waiver claims. Daryl Henderson. This one should be obvious. Cam Akers is going to be out. We know he's going to be out. Um, the problem is, I think it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split between him and Malcolm Brown. Plus, I'm not exactly salivating at the matchup against the Seahawks, who will put up a lot of points. The good news is Henderson is used in the passing game, uh, especially, I mean, towards the beginning of the season. Remember, we were talking about Daryl uh, Henderson being the guy that you wanted in that Rams backfield. So we know what he can do. We know his potential. I certainly like him more than Malcolm Brown. Um, and we also just saw what J.D. McKissick, speaking of my guy, uh, did against the Seahawks catching passes out of the backfield. So, you know, if you're running low on options and you were planning on relying on Cam Akers, you could do worse than Daryl Henderson. I do like him more than Malcolm Brown. Uh, do you want to take the next one? I do. And I've been wrong on a lot of things in the past week. But um, <laughs> Tony Pollard, I really think you should pick him up. He had 31.2 fantasy points this last week. Um, all through the beginning of the season, Samuels and I were raving, and I mean analysis after arguments and talking about getting handcuffs. Hold on to your handcuffs. Make sure you don't drop your handcuffs because when your star goes down with an injury, you're going to need an easy plug-and-play. Well, Tony Pollard was at the top of our list at the beginning of the season. He was one of the top three fantasy handcuffs, along with Latavius Murray and Alexander Madison, and he proved exactly why he was that this week. Check on Zeke's health, of course, because uh, they were expecting Zeke to play this past weekend, and he was kind of a surprise inactive, which opened the door to Tony Pollard. So I expect Zeke to play next week, but if he doesn't, if he begins to trend downward, or if he's not going to be full on, you may want Pollard on your team just in case. I know. 
and I said we weren't going to talk about ourselves, but if I had followed my own advice and started Tony Pollard over Cam Akers, I would be in the finals right now. We would be in the finals right now. Uh, my second waiver claim is Logan Thomas. That's right. We're getting a tight end on here. Uh, he scored 23.1 fantasy points, and he did that without a touchdown. His target share has been absolutely exceptional for a tight end over the past three weeks, uh, getting nine targets, then seven targets, and then 11 targets in this past game. For reference, that's a higher target share over the past three weeks than Brandon Cooks has had on the Texans since Will Fuller was suspended. And Brandon Cooks is supposedly a number one wide receiver there. Um, Logan Thomas getting wide receiver one and a half level uh, target share there. And he's the perfect option for those of you that have been streaming tight ends to this point um, and those of you that will be looking to stream a tight end in your championships. But honestly, he might even be better than your current starter. So if Logan Thomas is available, I recommend you pick him up and maybe maybe start him. Uh, we'll chat about that on Friday. You've got one last guy before we close this pod out. Yes, I do. It is Salvan Ahmed. Salvan Ahmed. Um, I am sorry once again if I am mispronouncing your name, but you do have a very fun name, and I really like your name, my friend. Uh, 21.7 fantasy points this past week, and we talked about before how he was, a, like, before he went down with the injury. Samuels and I were both saying that Salvan Ahmed was going to be a great value until Miles Gaskin came back. And sure enough, Salvan Ahmed came back when Miles Gaskin uh, went down with COVID and 21.7 fantasy points is the result. Now, but here's the thing. Miles Gaskin might be back in week 16. Actually, it looks like he definitely will be. Um, and even if he doesn't take 100% take over the starting job, you can't expect there to be enough work to go around in the Miami offense for Ahmed to remain productive. Except I do! I really, au contraire, mon ami, do you, do you, how many languages do you speak? And how many accents? Oh, I do, I do what I do. Um, Las Vegas has been absolutely terrible against the run, and that is who Miami plays next week. They did technically stop Eckler from having a productive game last week, but as we said, Austin Eckler would have had a much better game had they trusted him near the goal line. Since the Chargers scored two touchdowns on the ground, um, they just went to Justin Herbert and Kalen Balaj. You add those 12 points to Austin Eckler, and all of a sudden you have a 20-plus point fantasy game. I would not be surprised if both Ahmed and Gaskin end up the week as top 20 running backs. With with how decimated the receiving core is in, in Miami, because we talked about that last week. We, Devontae Parker will not be fully healthy. Um, we know Preston Williams is probably not going to be back. Mike Gesicki is probably not going to be back. So this means that the two running backs are going to be Miami's two best weapons. And I know we were talking about those backups. Uh, we were talking about the, the wide receiver and the wide receiver running back. I've already forgotten their names because that is how useless they were to the Miami Dolphins this past week. The names you're looking for are Lynn Bowden Jr. and Mac Hollins. And Lynn Bowden Jr., you know, he got 
uh, he he got over ten fantasy points, so he did something. Okay, but Mac Hollins didn't do anything, and it's going to be Salvin Ahmed, and it's going to be Miles Gaskin. Matt Breida ran for for eighty six yards in this past game against the New England Patriots, so he gets eight point six fantasy points. And Miles Gaskin has proven to be more effective than Matt Breida. And so has Salvin Ahmed. So that is how they are going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders next week. And I actually trust both of them. So pick up Salvin Ahmed if he is available. Pick up Miles Gaskin if he is available. Obviously, if you have better people to start, don't start these guys. But... They could be options for those of you that are running back needy, moving into your championship games, or if you're just trying to avoid being in last place and getting that punishment. And that wraps up our podcast. Uh, do you want to close things out? I do. Thank all of you. Thank thank you all for listening to us throughout this entire season. Um, while my season is done, I'm really excited that some of my listeners are moving on to their championship games. So go out there, win those championship games. I'm rooting for every single one of you. Um, I was even rooting for one of you somewhat against me this weekend. I love you, Graham. Um, congratulations on making the championship. We are going to be back on Friday with our regular podcast. Um, and the good news is there is no Thursday game. There's It is Friday, one Friday game, a few Saturday games, and then the rest on Sunday, and of course the Monday night football game. So we will be able to look forward to all of the uh you'll be able to hear our analysis before diving into your championship weekend super excited about it um follow us on twitter follow us on instagram subscribe on spotify and apple podcasts and google podcasts please 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 um we'd love to have you as our subscribers thank you so much we will see you on friday bye folks